And so there was this, you know, absolutely organic conversation that happened. And one member of the cast was on Vanderpump Rules and the other side of that conversation was in Housewives. So when those two people met, the conversation then pieced out and you followed the other side. And it was absolutely genius because everything about it, it changed. The music changed. Suddenly the lighting changed and you felt like you were going into the underworld of the other side of the conversation. Welcome, friends, to Exec Producer. I'm your host, Noel Pollock. Every episode of Exec Producer offers a deep dive into one of your favorite shows from the point of view of both the producer who dreamt it up and the executive who championed it, where the idea came from, the hurdles they faced in selling it, and ultimately, how it made it to air and into popular culture. I've worked as an executive at four separate networks, and I've produced and overseen hundreds of hours of television. I've seen the good, the bad, and the ugly, and I hope to share some of that wisdom with you. So settle in, turn it up, and enjoy. And please also remember to subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and follow us on Instagram at EP with NP. So with that, thank you again and enjoy the show. We're rolling. Thank you, thank you. Uh, here we are at Lisa Vanderpump's unbelievably gorgeous home. Uh, typically, I understand it has more flowers in here, but... You know, yeah, I- well, we've got... I mean, we're leaving town, so I've kind of ripped this house bare, and I'm apologizing for it. But you can hear the birds chirping and the swans quacking or whatever they do, and the ponies snorting. It's a wonderful setting for a podcast. It is, yeah. (laughs) By far the best I've had so far. Uh, And if this is a a naked, barren house, then, you know, my home certainly, you know, wouldn't hold a candle. But thank you so much for having us here today to talk about your really remarkable show, Vanderpump Rules. Thank you as well to Alex Baskin, the man in the moment, who set this up. Alex and I have a long history together. We actually went to high school together. Uh, so um, I'll be sharing those secrets for, uh, for a later date. Oh, okay. Well, you've got a very willing audience here. <laughs> <laughs> He's got the dirt on me, as you've seen in the last 300 episodes. In fact, I was talking about it the other day. I have done 300 episodes of television for Bravo. So, yeah, there's, <laughs> that's been quite a, a, a story for sure. Yeah, you're second probably to, uh, to Andy at this point. Um, no, more so than Andy, I would think. Well, if well, you count all the watch what happens. Yeah. But yeah, but they're half an hour. Yeah, that's true. All right. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so let's talk about the show at the moment, Vanderpump Rules. And this show, as you well know, is it's a remarkable show. And I don't say this lightly as an English major. Without a hint of irony, I would say, minus the iambic pentameter, it's Shakespearean. The drama that happens in the show is really like nothing else on television. Um, but like every show, it started with the light bulb. There was, at one point, an idea of, we should do a show about this. And Lisa, I would ask you, what was your light bulb moment for Vanderpump Rules? Well, I'd spoken to Bravo. You know, they said, we're not really covering much of your business life on Housewives because there wasn't room for it, obviously, because it's, you know, an ensemble show and, and it was difficult to really kind of, you know, understand what went down business, so to speak. So they spoke to me and said, what would you like to maybe do a pilot about? And their first choice was, what about Villa Blanca? And I thought, "Mm, I don't know, it would be more of a kind of cooking show, chef show, something like that. And I thought, I really would like to do something that hasn't been done. Something that maybe I wasn't in. They weren't having any of that. And Alex can speak uh, speak of that later. But I suddenly thought, what about a show that was kind of based on a group of friends 
where the relationships were so authentic and had so much history. And I knew of a, of a group that worked for me. I mean, I have 300 people work for me. And there was this group um, that worked for me and Sir. A couple of them worked for me in Villa Blanca and were crossing over, so to speak. And the history and the stories that I'd heard leading up to the, the creation of the show were kind of extraordinary. And I spoke to Alex about it. Um, and it was a, an idea that was kind of birthed, so to speak. Well, I think, too, um, a few things that Lisa is leaving out is that the network thought about doing a show that specifically focused on Lisa's business or businesses. And Lisa had the insight to know that that wasn't something that she necessarily wanted to do. And obviously, as Lisa said, she was exposing um, pieces of her life on Housewives. Um, And because it was an ensemble, which tended to work out well, thought then, okay, well, what should we look into doing? And Lisa was, when she says that she was reluctant to be in what ultimately became Vanderpump Rules, and before we had a, a title... Even that, the title I was objecting to. <laughs> that's, that's There were many conversations about that, um, which is a separate story that we'll get to, which was um, tapping into the name recognition of Lisa so that when the show launched, the audience knew what they could buy into because the world didn't mean anything to them. And even the restaurant named Sir was something that we had introduced lightly on Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but kind of who cares, you know? So, um, but Lisa knew right away that the show should focus on another world. And we did have many conversations. Also, we didn't want it to compete with Housewives. That's right. We wanted it to be, and and truly where, you know, it was sort of a a tributary. And so Housewives would then feed into the show. And we, it seems like a foregone conclusion after the fact that this would be a great success and we'd be here talking about... It's um, easier, so, yeah, yeah, after the fact. But yeah. we didn't know, so we had to plan for how can we best lead to its success and, by the way, in failure, keep doing what we're doing, yeah. which was working pretty well at the time, too. Sure. And Lisa knew right away, as she says, that the show was not in Villa Blanca, even though that had been more of a hub on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills at that point. It was too clean. And it was, in, in retrospect, it was... So it was more exciting in terms of, you know, you felt like it was in, in the kind of in Hollywood and with these waitresses and everything about it was just a little bit... Sexy, I, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I thought, well, that's kind of more interesting, really. It's not as wholesome. And I think Bravo, you know, has really depicted, you know, the glossiness of the Beverly Hills kind of show. It seemed, it, it seemed to be, you know, really like the antithesis of that, which is what we wanted. I will never forget one of the specific anecdotes that will always be, um, you know, on my brain is what a, f- a few days before the finale of season two of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, Lisa was expanding Sir and building out the Sir Lounge. Because when Oh, she... my God. Do you remember that then? Oh, my God. We were having the, the finale on the Thursday. Yeah. And we met on the Sunday. And and that place was not ready to go. And the bar wasn't even built. And, and Alex is looking her, at me thinking. Because of the, but you, you do realize then the story of the finale is going to be, this is a flop. Like, you didn't pull it together. And Lisa is saying, don't worry. And she's introducing me to what would ultimately become the Vanderpump Rules cast. Well, I'm always about let's not waste any time. 
So while I was sitting there and we were building the bar for the party on the Thursday, and Alex was thinking, how can we have the final party, you know, when this bar isn't even built yet? And I'm like, Alex, relax. I said, oh, and by the way, when we were sitting on orange crates, the whole thing wasn't even decorated yet, I said, look, I want you to meet this group of friends and I'm going to bring them in and introduce them to you and just let them talk, you know, freely. And and they're kind of an extraordinary bunch because... The cohesion is, they're so complicated. And, you know, really, I I tried to explain it to Alex, but it was best that they explained it to him themselves. So I'm sitting there, a nervous wreck, and Lisa said, why don't you do what you do and I'll do what what I do? And introduces me to them, and we... um... I think I introduced you to Schwartz, Peter, Jax, Tina who yeah. was an African-American uh, girl that kind of was working for me for quite a few years, who we wanted, who actually had a hard time getting her head around reality. She did. Could never quite drop the guard. And we really wanted her. And then we had Sheena, who'd worked for me for a few years, and Kristen, who was always been problematic, um, Katie, who was with Schwartz, and Sandoval Jacks and Stasi. And when... <laughs> <laughs> when you listen to the stories, do you remember when one of them said, well, she dropped me off on the side of the freeway? And uh, and she said, well, I think it was Kristen. So it was because you slapped me around the face. And she said, yeah, but you didn't have to leave me there stranded on the side of the freeway. And I went, well, kind of, there's your show. <laughs> I mean, we, we said when we've told the story then, so we basically ended up, um, well, so cutting to how we ended up moving this forward at Bravo, yeah. Then was it was a series of conversations. Bravo wanted to be in business with Lisa in a bigger way. Lisa said, um, well, I don't know how much more I want to do. But by the way, if you're talking about doing Villa Blanca, there's no show there. Directed us to Sir. And then I took a screen grab of the website, which was... Yes, which was a spontaneous picture at the time. I mean, that wasn't... The, the cast were doing their regular photo shoot and I literally sat in for this. I remember actually yeah. borrowing a pair of tights from Natalie and said, okay, I'll sit in. And it was this kind of throne type of chair and I sat in there in this pink dress and then we ended up using that for the website. And it's very, it's kind of synonymous, isn't it, really? It's it like is. the premise for the opening title shot of me sitting there. You kind of don't need to say any more when you see it. Yeah. And so I sent it to Andy uh, Cohen, who at the time was the EVP of programming, yeah. this is uh, before he was the you know, star, the, exactly, star yeah. and um, and immediately right away, an easiest sale of all time. It was already teed up. But well, that so it's photo like fifteen all, minutes. It, it's a, he replied back right away. He's like, "Great, we're in." So, exactly. <laughs> But just for the sizzle, not for the not yeah. for the series. No, we, we had a lot more to prove. Yeah, at yeah. That point. And I think we did a. a a pilot, so to speak. It was about twenty something minutes. We it? did, and and we. But the story behind that too was we started out first. We did green screen interviews, and so Lisa and I. Um, oh, that was funny. Oh, that was so fun. So we went to the stage, and we had set up interview questions that we knew would push these cast members' buttons because, of course, Lisa had heard all of the stories about all of them and had selected the ones that were of interest. And so we looked at each other after a few of the interviews. And thought, oh my God. What about Jax? Do you remember he came in and he spilled the beans on all his cars? He sure did. It didn't take long. <laughs> and I remember looking at him on, on screen thinking, he's just got this great quality yeah. about him. Do you remember? Uh, it was the, the funniest thing. But, but I think that Lisa hit on a point that was really important, which was um, this was not just a good-looking group in West Hollywood 
of young actors and models who were trying to make it. This group had a real history. They really cared about each other, and that is the kind of thing that you cannot fake. You, yes, you can't. And we've seen that in Housewives yeah. when we've kind of introduced somebody to the group, that they've joined the group, they've kind of been through the Bravo auditions, and they might know this one or that, va- or that one vaguely, but there's not that authenticity of that history. And I think, it, as we saw in Housewives, when you see the relationship, for example, when you see Kim and Kyle, the stakes are so high. Yeah. When you have that cement, there's far more to lose. So now we suddenly have a group where you have, you know, Sandoval was former roommates with Jax, and he was currently dating Stacy, and Stacy had slept with Peter, and Stacy and Katie were best friends, and... You know, he was, uh, she was dating Schwartz. And, and, you know, then Kristen and Schwartz were living together and Kristen and Katie were best friends. And then you had Sheena and, and Tina. Makes perfect sense, right? Well, the other thing that we found, though, with the show, too, is we have never cast anyone into the show. So we have only used people who really are a part of Lisa's world. And anyone who has gotten a job at the restaurant and tried to be on the show and has not really been committed to it and has not been around. We have one person. We actually have one person that manipulated us. And that was James Kennedy. And I'll tell you why he did that, because he came to us as a young busboy where his parents actually said, you know, will you kind of look after our boy and give him a job as a busboy? And I'm thinking, oh, okay, I'll give him a job as a busboy. And then he kind of, you know, started, he, he was a runner or whatever. And he wanted to be in the show so badly, but he had no place in the show. You know, unless you're kind of right in the glue you know, right in the middle of it. And then he had the wherewithal to sleep with Kristen. <laughs> but if you're going to go to those lengths, though, as far as I'm concerned, then you're in. Yeah, and, exactly. In every sense. Because you're in like if you're gonna, Because if you're going to do that, then you, you really have, um, you know, no kidding, made yourself yeah. a part of it. But, but they did love each other. They, they were really they, they like... They did. And then the, the group, by the way, ultimately came to accept James, and they didn't at first, and you can, you know, your theory can be, well, they saw him as competition or whatever, or it's just that they don't like and don't accept outsiders because they're so tight, so committed yeah. to each other, and so insulated. Yes. And, and so he still had to win them over. Yeah, and we didn't actually realize that we had been manipulated till a lot yeah. longer, maybe a year or two later, when he said, well, yeah, I mean, I, I wanted to be on the show, and, you know, Kristen was kind of... Was my way in. I was like, whoa, yeah. okay. Well, he got the job. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so you guys are positively giddy talking about this show, yes. and it's amazing, and all the elements. You've got the star of one of the most important shows on the channel, wanting to do a spinoff, you've got this incredible cast that has all this history, you have Andy telling you we're in, but you're in maybe a decade ago would have meant, okay, let's go pretty quickly to series. How long did it take you from the moment Andy said you're in to the moment you actually had a green light because I would imagine it was probably a pretty long time oh it was I mean we we did the sizzle reel and I thought that was fantastic it never really saw the light of day did it um <laughs> not, a, not until the um uncensored, oh, special. Um, the uncensored <laughs> special yeah but it was really great I mean it was just you saw this convoluted group of people and it, it captured it yeah it really yeah. did they did a great job evolution and um I think one of the you know major components of making a good reality show as well, and I speak to this, you know, is the fact that Evolution are so careful with 
the, the people they put on the ground. And the people they put on the ground may always make the cast feel very comfortable. And if they are not that person, then they don't last very long. So suddenly we had a you know a group of, of youngsters and we got Bill Langworthy. Yeah. Uh, not initially, we didn't for the... Not uh, for the sizzle. Not yeah. for the sizzle, but that, that was later. Sorry, I don't want to digress. But so we did the sizzle and then... And we thought it was fantastic. And we thought it'd be greenlit like that. And then we waited, didn't we? And what were their concerns? Was it just the typical, we're going to put it through a committee, we don't know? Or Here were the chief concerns that we were hearing at the time. There were a few of them. One was, is it too soon to spin off Lisa, and do we want to take this risk? So that's one, because inherently... I've only co- done one, 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 season. one season. One season. And so the, so the feeling is, if you, what are you signaling if this doesn't work? Again, thinking defensively and thinking of the downside. The other thing is we were being compared to other shows, other ensemble docu-series about restaurants, which in my view had, you know, were not analogous to what we were doing at all, but those had not worked because they'd been about kind of lame second tier restaurants with people that were cast for the show that you had no reason to give a shit about. Yeah, so, we've seen shows since that when they put people together for the sake of a show, well, what is that? Those shows it, come it and go. They, you know? It doesn't work. Yeah, and, and those, so there is, there's no audience connection to them. And so it was an uphill battle there. The other thing that was big is, and it's hard to go back in time, but this was a very different show for Bravo at the time. It was younger. It was edgier. It was sexier. They and we lived... wanted it that way. We, that was, we, that was, was being... absolutely a prerequisite, wasn't we it? We didn't compromise you know, on those grounds because we wanted to succeed by our own merits. But the concern was we're going from these palatial estates on the Real Houses of Beverly Hills and then the cast lived in apartments. Yeah, and we want to feel like we're behind the curtains in Hollywood. And I remember I say I want it darker and shadowy. I want the titles to be sexier. And I don't care if there's more nudity and more beeps in the thing. I want it to show. It's not about a show that we want to make. We want to make it about a show that's really going on. And, you know, sometimes we heard things, didn't we? And I remember a couple of times I heard things. I thought, oh, Jesus Christ, we can't put that in. And, we, you know, Alex and I looked at each other and said, oh, hold on a second. Are we making a show about, you know, what we want them to say or what they're actually saying? So, you know, let's drop our guard here and let, let's take the risk and, yeah. and really show what's going on. And, and, we, and we did. And we, um, that's why we were so proud of the presentation also, because we thought we have made it so hard to say no and we did we made it it's raw it's unceasing and it has the heart to it you do get that this is a cast that has a core history with each other and cares about each other so they can also do these things to each other and come back from it where other people can't in yeah, another series. Yeah, almost like sibling relationships. You mm-hmm. know, you end up saying something to somebody that's very close to you that you wouldn't necessarily say to anybody else. Yeah. And that's because the relationship's so tight, you almost take it for granted that you're still going to be there. You bounce back yeah. from it. Yeah. And so we had, I thought we had all of that, and then um, and then we had the big thing going behind us, which was, um, which was having Lisa, because... Launching a show is difficult in the first place. Launching I wish a show. I knew then how important I was. I never <laughs> did. I think a network's job is to actually make you feel as unimportant as possible. Yeah, they're they're doing their job right. <laughs> how unimportant do you feel today? <laughs> well, I feel a little more important, but you know, it, it's it's been an extraordinary ride. It really has, and it's given me so much space to you know use and, and talk about things that have really been of great importance to me on, on Housewives. Talking about you know. Union Dog Meat Festival, my support for LGBTQ and Bravo have been very generous with me. So equally, they've been, you know, as important to me as I have been to them. Well, one of the things that it was really fun for me was working with you to um, to birth this 
and doing it together, doing it creatively. It's a different relationship than it is on Housewives necessarily. And you also have worn many hats in this. If you think about being in it, owning the restaurant, producing the show. Sometimes it's been difficult. It's, it's a lot. And it's a lot to, to balance. But it was really fun. And it was really a triumph. And we loved it at every turn because we knew we were doing something good. And then we just had to fight like hell yeah. to get it picked up. Yeah. And then we waited. Do you remember? And it was, it was after Christmas. It was through the it Christmas was holidays. And we were thinking, what the hell is going on? Why won't they just say yes? She no, said, was, she said, was, well, it's about a load of wannabes. And we're like, well, your point is? <laughs> you know, because also I had this idea that... And I, they weren't wannabes. To me, too. The other yeah, thing is there was something were. that was really romantic about it. I yeah. thought, first of all, that having you in it, I thought, um, always gave us something to cut back to. Because and my relationship with, with them was so strong as well. And, and the minute that things got too ugly, we could have a fight in Vegas, you know, referring to something that happened in season one, and we could cut back to you, and that was okay. Yeah. So I thought that was really important. But the other thing is, there was something romantic about the lifestyle that they were leading, because they were young, trying to make it good-looking, they had each other, and I thought that gives you leeway to, to have some ugly things. Yeah. But it didn't feel like they were just dismissible people. Also, sir, the restaurant is incredibly kind of eclectic and romantic and the lighting so my concern was always I'd seen so many shows where they it looked like they were filmed in an elevator and I was just like dear god please can we literally I want the restaurant to be portrayed how it is in actuality that I don't care if things are a bit shadowy or you know I want to feel like you're behind the curtains and I, I think the titles, we were so excited when we saw the titles first. I know it was ridiculous, me throwing the hat, I think, or the bag was the yeah. first one, you know, but it was just about everything with the rose petals and, a, and we wanted it to be so edgy and sexy and something so different to we anything had, that we'd seen. And we had a lot of conversations even about that, so just delving into the titles for a second. So what we talked about was we wanted Lisa entering a different world. Right. So that's why the shot obviously is Lisa walking into the restaurant and to kind of see the juxtaposition of what might really be going on, but in this kind of artistic yeah. and, you know, very slow down sort of way, which yeah. is how we're kind of deconstructing this world and lyrics really important to us. Yes. And from the beginning, the music of the show. So, yeah, yeah. 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 Well, it's a, it's a really interesting uh, combination for the show because I think it has the elegance that you talk about here and really the elegance of the show, like the Hills. I don't know if elegance is the right word for that, but that was a very beautiful show. Yeah. yeah cinematic. With, yeah. With the core actual reality of like an early season of the real world where this matters to these, to this cast and and this is what's actually happening in their life in a non-constructed yeah. non-fake kind of way so that was our one concern about hiring bill and it turned out to be the best hire that we could have made but bill had made his name on the hills and we thought we want to borrow from what you artistically did with the hills but just so you know the show that we are intending to make is going to be completely real yeah and so that was a, a reservation that we had to get over because the Hills hadn't been off the air for long enough that he got credit for what was great about it. But there was still, you know, at that time, um, a little bit of a concern that the Hills might, anyone who came from the Hills camp. Yeah, we didn't want him to choreograph. Might, so might, exactly. Might, and that might be what he, what he would default to. And, uh, and we felt that reality would be stranger than fiction. I mean, that's exactly... And it, boy, it sure has been. Yeah. And, and their lives move so quickly. In fact, one of the frustrating things about Vanderpump Rules is the fact that when we have our downtime... 
things often move on. And so we have to come back and say, okay, so we know that this happened yeah. last season, but this, 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 that. You know, so it's one of those shows you could almost film, you know, 12 months of the year. Oh, I absolutely it, sense that. I mean, right, the earliest order, I believe, was for eight episodes. Yeah. Right it, now it, it's in the 20s. Well, yeah. because, so Will the... Will it be 52 at some point? Really 40. interesting. We had a conversation about this last week with Bravo, and I will say to their credit on this, that once they did pick up the show, they were all in, they and they were in for something that um, that looked and felt different. Originally, we were held to eight episodes, which we ended up getting moved up a little bit the first season because I think we got to twelve on the first season. I, I think we did. We we moved them up slowly because we just had so much content that they um, that they had to. It was really funny though because the first season I didn't love it. Do you remember? I was totally at, at odds with Bill Langworthy uh, the, after the first season. I thought that's not quite the show that I wanted. It was well, really strange, wasn't it? Because we loved it, but I wanted it more of an ensemble cast and it really focused on Jackson Stacy so much. And I felt there were all these other stories, but there wasn't enough time to tell them. And he was like, well, this is the last story. It was, it, it's so interesting because yeah. in retrospect too, Bravo was really holding the line on the number of episodes because their feeling was this show moves faster and you're going to sacrifice some of that if you do more episodes. And so the balance of all of that was still coming into place. And then I really think that we ended up solidifying what the show was beginning with the second season. Yes. And then the second season, I was like, okay, now. Because also, it wasn't ever just about, you know, the story that was happening. It was about everybody else's reaction to it. And, you know, it's very funny because I remember, you know, I remember when I first did Housewives, somebody said, well, the Housewives of paramount importance they said you know it's their reaction i said what do you mean exactly they said well for instance like if you were in your restaurant and say i don't know mickey rourke came in and you know he suddenly threw a drink at you or whatever they wouldn't follow mickey rourke walking out they would follow your reaction and i was like really they said yes it's about your reality and and that to me was fascinating and suddenly i understood that the success of Vanderpump Rules was about the the splintering effect and and the roll-on effect of everybody. They all took it home and they all chewed it over. And And that's the unique thing, too. In order to be able to track that, you need a cast that is that close to each other so that it is the the ripples of something that one of them does. Affects everybody. Everyone. Yeah. Um, And and, and in very complicated, unexpected ways. (laughs) but um, but yeah, and but between all of that, going back for a second, because it's something that we talked about earlier, um, I want to talk about the premiere of Vanderpump Rules and how that was rolled out in a very unique way, in a way that I think benefited us, but also became challenging. I would like to take credit for that, but I, I it wasn't my idea. No, and that that was all Bravo, and and it was brilliant, and mm-hmm. also um, you know one in a million, and completely unexpected. And something does anybody we, remember that? Do you remember that? How seamless. it was? Yes, yeah, seamless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Be- because no, in the programming absolutely. world, sh- they it's referred to all of the time, and Is people it? try to it's, replicate oh, it, yes, but it's cited. Constantly, because it works so well, to the point now where programmers abuse it, you know, in shows that really have very little to do with each other, almost like you're tricking the DVR somehow, but then you have viewer pushback. But with this one, I mean, it was tailor-made for this Well, again, it was organic because, you know, I I suddenly started to become friendly with the certain person I don't need to mention. Oh, and and I'm sorry, for anyone listening who is unaware, what happened was Real Housewives of Beverly Hills ended 
And Vanderpump Rules started, right. and they merged yeah. into one. And Across the, the hour, and, yeah. and basically, and, and it was coded in um, DVRs for programming purposes, two hours of The Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, but it was really at the hour of the Vanderpump Rules premiere. And so there was this, you know, absolutely organic conversation that happened, and one member of the cast was on Vanderpump Rules, and the other side of that conversation was in Housewives. So when those two people met, the conversation then pieced out and you followed the other side. And it was absolutely genius because everything about it, it changed. The music changed. Suddenly the lighting changed and you felt like you were going into the underworld of the other side of the conversation. Well, that's exactly it. But one thing that's important to note, again, I think that we tend to view things differently once something has been a success after the fact, is if the first episode of Vanderpump Rules wasn't great and didn't pull you in right away, people would have been really angry about that stunt. And it would have been called a stunt. That's right. And so I think it's really easy to say, well, sure, you had great retention and you got a great sampling because you just, you could cross over like that. But I do have to say, if that had not worked, we would have flopped. Yeah. Well, and to Bravo's credit, they took that chance. And I think a lot of the problems we face in television right now are programmers being too afraid to take a chance or not in a position to take one. And so hats off to that network for doing it because here we are a hundred and some odd episodes later because of, in many ways, because of a decision was made that night. One other thing, again, which we touched on earlier, but I want to go back on for a second is the title of the show because um, we were batting around a million different ideas and none of them... I would not sign off on it, would I? No, no, no. None of them were quite clicking. And so, um, so once we had been told that we needed to have Lisa in the title and we thought we should anyway because we thought we need some kind of you know recognition again otherwise people don't know what they're watching and don't particularly care I, and i was still quite new to the game it was only my second season of housewives it's not like now you know we've done how many seasons have i've done for my craziness eight, eight seasons sure, and bravo's making you feel not important so, at this time right? exactly. so if we but if we're having a little conversation about how you know it's it, you don't know what we're stepping into with the show there's the concern that who knows whether it's going to have an audience and there also, at the time, was the concern about Lisa's castmates on Beverly Hills because Lisa's getting a spinoff pretty early on. Um, and so then for me to approach her and say, um, hey, so uh, about the title, we've settled on one that I think we all like. And, and like, it kind of had the, the mumble, but rules. And I was like, <laughs> no. I yeah. was just like, I don't think so. It sounded too egotistical to, to me. It sounded like I was, you know, kind of, Shooting my, you yeah. know, like, I, I, I don't know. I just, I, well, this is just your name I, couldn't get my, I just couldn't get rid of it. It sounded so arrogant to me. They were like, well, we've tested it. And this is the one that everybody likes. And I thought, okay, if it, if it's a success, then is it a good thing? And if it's a plot, then it damn sure is not. Well, I, I think, yeah, I mean, in retrospect, that was absolutely the right move. And as much as, um, you know, the headlines would have been brutal to Lisa, if, if we hadn't done well, I mean, can you imagine all of the anti-Vanderpump rules? Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I guess Vanderpump doesn't rule. You know, yeah, exactly. You know. Well, it's such a ridiculous name anyway. I suppose that they felt that, you know, it needed it needed a, a home. <laughs> yeah. But it really has, you know, transcended. And sitting in that network chair for so many years, you would call a producer or people would say, oh, it's our Vanderpump rules or we're going to bring you your Vanderpump rules or... Find us our Vanderpump rules. Yeah, I mean, it was really spoken well, I, about. I think Frances Berwick says the thing that she you know, often hears is, well, it's like Vanderpump rules right. in a pitch. But, but so many things are, I mean, that's what makes a hit stand apart. So many things are like something else or in a paint-by-number sense, they may have some of the elements. But 
they're not the real deal. Yeah. And we needed all of them. So we needed, for this show to work, we needed Lisa. We needed Lisa coming off a hit show. We needed Lisa to have this business. We needed this cast. We needed yes. this cast to be willing to give us what they always give us. Um, and then we needed to get it right. And then we needed the network to say, okay, let's do it. And I think, you know, I really do also think that the cast has been very unusual in the fact that they were so willing to open their lives. Man, their legs are that matter. But, <laughs> but definitely their lives. Sorry, you can cut that out. Um, Absolutely but, uh, you know, that but they, yeah. But they, they were also very kind of... They were up for it. And, you know, they didn't come out of reality television. It wasn't like this was, you know, this was a new adventure for them. And I think we just had a great crew. And as I said, it was very strange for me because I remember at first not getting along with Bill Langworthy the first season. And then now I will not hear a word said against him. I love that man. I mean, he will be in my life forever because he's just such a great human being. And he's so kind and he's so approachable really uh, he just does a wonderful wonderful job well I, I think we're all on the same team and so that doesn't mean that there aren't moments but he's on the ground and that's right and so we are but I think even globally I think that the the cast is on the team with us too and so that doesn't mean that we don't have tough moments with them it doesn't mean there aren't things that um they wish that we wouldn't tell and you know we are unflinching I mean, we really are, because when you start making this show, the expectation then is that, you know, you have to keep it up. And I could not be more proud that I think that our sixth season is as Better strong. And I, I exactly. really do. And, and I think that's a testament to everyone involved. But I think that there is a there's a collective. And I think that that really helps us um, when times are tough for anyone in particular. Everybody knows that. Um, it is in service of making a great show. And, and we really are, you know, kind of a rising tide lifts all boats. It's true here. I really yeah. believe that. Yeah. You know, there aren't different agendas. Well, let's, let's talk about the talent management side of this because here you are in your sixth season and hundred some odd episodes and it's, it's incredible. I mean, shows would kill for that. And most shows that have an ensemble cast never reach anything close to that because the cast becomes bigger than the show. It's one thing if you're doing House Hunters go for a billion years and nothing's going to get in your way. But for, you, know, you think about the Jersey Shore, I guess, comes to mind, right? And it was five or six seasons the first time around, burned bright in a way that few had, and then they got too expensive and the talent management became too impossible. But here you guys are with a show that is as culturally relevant as anything out there, cast members who I'm yeah. sure are making a lot more money in their Bravo fees than they are serving at Sir. Yet, for all these reasons you mentioned, it's still going swimmingly. I mean, how are you guys, what sort of producing gymnastics does it take to accomplish that? Well, that is a complicated scenario, of course, because many of them, you know, don't need the money, so to speak. They're not as hungry as they were. But I think they're still committed to the Sir family. I mean, they really are. I mean, for instance, you, you see Lala. I was having dinner with Alex the other night. Now, she's got a wealthy boyfriend, but he doesn't really support her. She gets paid from being on the show. But they love being part of that dynamic. Also, the show is based around Sir. Yeah. And, and also, if you notice, really, none of them, have any of that cast have bought a place? I mean, they, they've spent their money, probably been very irresponsible with it. And so they kind of have this hunger to stay on the show, to be part of that whole dynamic 
maybe because of their uncertainty uh, well, uh, I, of what goes on. I, I think that's right. And I think that in kind of a... You saw Lala the other night. Just You were like, oh, Lala's here. I'm like, no, Lala's often here. She's yeah, no, I mean, that was just Wednesday, you know. And I, But I think that also, um, I think that who they are has not changed. And I think that the group cares about the same things. And I think that there's something that is nice about that where they make more money than they did before. But beyond that, they are the same people. And exactly. because they're so close to each other, they don't let each other get too out of whack. And also, they don't want to think that, you know, the bus is leaving without them. I yeah. mean, and that bus is sir. So, you know, if they see that James Kennedy's there three nights a week, well, yeah. I don't think they want to be sitting in their apartment or out for too long. They want to be behind that bar. And also, they love the attention. And we get a lot of people in there. So it's kind of... Yes, it's changed a little bit, but more but things change, more I, things stay the same. I, and I think that's right. And I think that it's um, it's remarkable that it hasn't completely changed. And yes. they also know um, how fortunate they are to be a part of something yeah. that is really special. And so we haven't had any of the, I mean, we've had to some extent the out of control egos, but I would say for the most part, and we, yeah. you know, we can cite examples of that. We've had yeah. people that have left and come back and those sorts of things. But for the most part, they know um, that they need to keep this going as long as possible. And again, they're with their friends and in their, their real lives. And also, if you think there's a lot of people, there's a lot of anchors on that show that haven't, you know, you've got Peter that's been there forever. You've got my son that's been there forever. Yeah. You've got Guillermo. So a lot of the body of the show has stayed the same. Sure. And there's a huge comfort factor. And they come back in and they want to be behind the bar and they want to do this and they want to do that. And I'm there. So it's, it's just like the family that kind of keeps on going, really. How long can they serve, you know, tuna tartare? Well, if you think that Stasi's left, but, you know, she's an integral part of the group still. Kristen got fired. I mean, we're not going to keep... You see, we're not going to keep somebody on because they're good television. If she goes, you know, and tells uh, Diana to suck a dick, if she thinks that she's going to show up with her job just because she's on a television show, it's not going to happen. So positions change as well. Um I think now we've seen the evolution of Sandoval and Schwartz, or, or not, so to speak, especially when I see it back, see how wasted they are in, in no. Vegas. This is what, just sort of who Lisa is, is during production we talked about wearing a bunch of different hats. But the truth is, you just let things be and sort of happen as they are. And so there are times where I would otherwise talk to my other producing partners and give a heads up on something, but... We, we really just let it all kind of play out. And so... I think the funniest thing, though, is that my finger is on the pulse. And I love it when, you know, somebody at Evolution or Bill or anybody will come to me and go, Lisa, we've got the problem. I go, yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, do you want me to tell you about it? <laughs> right, I knew about it first. It kind of yeah. always gets to me first for some reason. But, but, that has, um, but that's really worked well as a relationship where we know exactly what we need to talk to each other about. And there are things that we do have to preempt. And there are heads up that we need to give. But otherwise, um, Lisa is not someone who needs to know what's going on, mostly because... She either already will know or doesn't want to know and wants to just play it out the way that it is in reality yeah. and thinks, you know, maybe yeah. I will look and foolish. If, but... and, if I, and if I don't know something, then I want that to be organic. I don't want them then to tell me. I want it to actually, you know, the chips fall where they may, so to speak. Um, you know, when I saw back, you know, Jack's fighting in the first, uh, first season, you know, but if every boss saw what their young crew were doing you know in vegas at the weekend maybe nobody would have a job right. on monday morning so we had to kind of separate that that okay that's not under my jurisdiction you know it's or if they're right. telling each other go 
fuck themselves and things like that. I'm going, oh, God, you know, what are they talking like that? That's not my business. Right. It might be my business because I'm watching it, but unless they're doing it, but if it comes down to the restaurant, then I'm going to hold them accountable. Well, let's talk about business, right? I mean, I think this kicked off in many ways a whole trend in television, certainly in reality television, of, I mean, it didn't invent the OcuSoap, but it is the most popular, I think, in the genre, where the show is such a commercial for your brand, and every network seems to, again, going back to that, I want my Vanderpump, right? Mm-hmm. What is the business that this celebrity owns that I can exploit? Many have tried, few have succeeded. I mean... But, but again, it starts with, because having had so many of these conversations with networks being the production company that produces Vanderpump Rules, whenever they say to me, we want our version of Vanderpump Rules, they say, well, but I would love to give it to you, but I can give you a million reasons why, that's right, I mean, we would search far and wide, but it's a waste of time, you know it when you see it, it would start with a celebrity who, first of all, is that intimately involved in the business, and that just doesn't exist, also a celebrity who is that good on television is not willing to be on television, the cast, like we said, and... But you know another thing that's extraordinary, really, is of course the cast all stay, um, you know, because they obviously want to be on the show. But if you look back at it in the first episodes, I would say, well, Sheena's worked for me for four years, or Kristen's been there three or four years, and Stacey's been there three years. I mean, it wasn't something that was kind of you know, cultivated for the show. They'd been there for years um, previously. So it was something that was so organic and it was so authentic. I could have sat Alex down and said, okay, I've got these 10 people, this one's here, this one's here, this one's here. We didn't do that. We said, okay, this and these are people that are all connected. Or casting. I mean, the number of people who have come to us and have said, I want to be on Vanderpump Rules and... What we'll say to them is, go well, get then go get a job yeah. at Sir and make us have to point a camera yeah. at you. Yeah. And so we had someone who was on the show in one of the seasons who um, said that she would get a job at the restaurant. And on, on that ba- um Oh, I know. Bail. Yeah. yeah. And on that basis, then, we, we had, um, she was going to work some shifts. And so we started to put her on in the show. And she wasn't really working there. But she didn't really commit to it, did she? No, she so wanted we, to be on television, so we kind of let so, her go. So we let her go, because that, the show just is kind of self-regulating in that sense. Yeah. And the cast didn't, um, I hate even referring to them as the cast, because I don't even think of them that way, but they wouldn't accept her into their group because she wasn't committed to being a part of it, and she wasn't really in their world. Yeah, and they, they don't have any tolerance for that, you know? So you that's the one thing the, they don't have any tolerance the, for. Yeah, you've got to do the time, so <laughs> yeah. Okay, so television, restaurants. Two of the most high-risk businesses around. I mean, people say, right, getting into the restaurant business is like, what, you know, throwing your money away. Yet, I believe you've owned 26. Is More. that correct? Yeah. More, yeah, 30 right? 30-something. 30-something. <laughs> and now in television, you've done 300 episodes. You know, as an executive producer of this show, you're in the hundreds. Which business uh, is crazier to you? Oh, Lordy. I think they're both kind of just so different. Um I, you know, I, I just never really like to say, oh, you know, this, I mean, I've been married 36 years. Uh, most marriages don't last. So maybe I'm unusual in my choices or the way I execute things, you know, generally. Um, I, I really don't know. I think I've seen definitely most things. Having uh, nightclubs and risque nightclubs and gay nightclubs and, you know, there's not a lot I haven't seen. Um, and I think now in television, there's probably... 
not a lot I haven't seen either after 300 episodes it's kind of blown my mind really but I think they're such different animals um but in Vanderpump Rules those planets collide that's a very difficult question to actually answer but um when you say you know it's a risk I mean I'm opening a new restaurant now well how big a risk is it if you've done something 34 times and it's been a success that's like saying you know jumping across that hole is big but if you've done it 20 times you're going to say hey you know watch me I'm going to do it I mean that sounds arrogant but I think with all the components that we think it through about you know what we want and what we need and you know, something incredibly different to the area, then it should be a success. But one of the but one of the differences, though, that we've talked about is you are um, you're not in control of your own fate when you open a restaurant. But you're control you're in control of the process leading up to opening it. Not yeah. completely, because obviously there's permits and there's builders and there's everything else and every other nightmare that and, and everything else you can't even imagine. And and but um, but you have more control than you do. With a television show where you do need to get the buy-in of so many people along the way. Yes. And then there are so many people that are... But then I'm invested in a great company. Yes. Like, I trust Evolution. I, I Absolutely, and I trust Bill Langworthy and Alex Baskin and Doug Ross. You know, that they are going to bring home a great product, which is a hell of a reassurance, you know. It's like for me to go and do it with another production company. I mean, if we do something else together, which we will, yeah. um, you know, I feel rest assured that I've got the brains and the style behind me. Of course, I'm going to be difficult sometimes. Or like you heard us, you know, just before we, we started the show saying, well, what about this? There's something else we're doing. And I think it's a meeting of the minds. And then you've got to be confident, you know. And listen, if I've had 33 successful restaurants and one fails, well, so be it. I'll take it, you know. That's a great ratio. And it's not your name on the restaurant anyway. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah, I think you're going to call it Baskins, right? Yeah, yeah. right. right. <laughs> so one question I've been asking everyone is, uh, and specifically for television, but I would love to ask you as well, you talked about now 34 restaurants, you know what you're doing, but there was a first one. And I suppose, what advice would you give to, you know, 25-year-old Lisa just starting out or I don't know how old you were when you launched the first restaurant, but what would, what advice would you give to the younger version of yourself? Well, you know, I, I think that I was lucky that I was married to somebody, you know, that was older and, and wiser than me and had started off with a wine bar that served food, a kind of wine bar restaurant. And I think really bringing your individuality, really doing a lot of research. I All my restaurants and bars are incredibly ambiance-driven as well. So not to just think, well, a restaurant's just about the food. Of course, the food is of paramount importance. But make your environment somewhere that people want to be. Like, we've just opened our dog centre. We've broken the rules. It's a rescue, a dog rescue centre. It's unlike anything anybody's ever been. But when you go in, you want to be there. And I think that's a paramount importance. You walk in, you think, oh, I feel happy here. When you walk into my house, the first thing you said to me, and I said, oh, we haven't got any flowers, they're all taken down because I'm going away tomorrow. But you said, oh, I've never seen anything like this. I've never been anywhere. So you're basically walking into my world. And I would say to anybody starting up, you know, make it your world and make the lighting sexy. Make people feel comfortable as you walk in and bring a damn good menu and also fill that niche so you're not competing with somebody next door that's bringing the same thing to it. And work as hard as you can because, trust me, you're going to need it, you know. Alex, would you say anything similar or different for, you know, as, as it pertains to television? 
I mean, I, I think that, that a lot of it does relate to television too, and a lot of that goes to the work environment that we try to create at Evolution. And like I was saying before, I truly work with people who are more talented than I am at... Alex is the smartest person I know. Without a doubt, the smartest person I know. She's smart to... good, always No, I don't actually think... I think he's smart enough for both of us, though. And you know what? You have to wake up early to have a conversation with Alex Baskin. I always say I actually have to have my thinking cap on, and he really is. And I've seen him grow up, too, as well, which is kind of interesting. And I've always had more faith in him than he's had in himself. And my foot has been firmly up his ass, pushing him all the way. And I have a scar on my leg of where he threw me over the first <laughs> wall when he bought his first property. So, um, yeah, we're, we're great friends as well. But I know I have a lot of talent behind me and that, that speaks for a lot. Yeah, it's been, I mean, I have to say, we have had so much fun yeah. doing this. And that has really been... Um, the key to it is trite as that sounds. We always go back to that and we always go back to laughing and we always go back to saying, what if pushing ourselves to do something else? Yeah. And, um, and I can't say that you love every minute of it because it's hard. It's hard. Showing you like, even, you know, watching, um, uh, Beverly Hills, you know, saying, just even seeing Pink Dog dying and Pikachu dying and looking at back and us just kind of, oh, couldn't even watch it. But then there's great moments as well. You know what's really funny, Alex? I was going to say to you, even all these episodes later, when I see the opening titles of Band of Pump Rules, more so, I actually love it every time it's I exciting. see it. Yeah. It's just great. And so on that note, I'm we, go we try watch to. It. Well, that, well, that's right. And one thing that I'll say we're leading stuff is is that we all we that we try to tell ourselves. I think it's really important is to take a moment to savor it because everything is really hard to achieve. And so the minute that we, you know, get great news about the ratings or Rihanna tweets about the show or anything, enjoy it because it won't be here forever. And then get back to work and keep doing it. Yeah. And it's kind of it. Well, I love it. You guys have been so gracious with your time. Thank you so much. I encourage everyone to go on to the Vanderbump Dog Charity and make a donation. Consider oh, thank making... you. Yeah, we've already saved 500 dogs. and We've only been open 11 months, so thank you. That's remarkable. Yeah, we have a rescue at home, and it's, uh, it really has been a game-changer for our family. Yeah, watch that space. You got it. <laughs> so there it is, the full story of Vanderpump Rules. Thanks to Greg Mercer for creating our show art, and to Chris Carmichael for composing our music and for all things technical. You can find their respective work at gregorymercer.com and christophercarmichael.com. Thanks as well to our guests, Alex Baskin and Lisa Vanderpump, and to my wonderful family for all of their help and support. Also, please do subscribe to Exec Producer wherever you get your podcasts, and follow us on Instagram at EP with NP. And since collaboration is at the heart of this project, I'd love to hear from you, the listeners. Please reach out with what you liked, what you didn't like, and any ideas for future episodes. So thank you again for listening, and please come back next time. I'm your host, Noah Pollock. Choose kind. <laughs>